Yo, Chuck, run a power move on him. something to you to give you a true knowledge of yourself and life so that the same glory and success attained by other men who understand themselves may be yours. Man in the full knowledge of himself is a superb and supreme creature of creation. When man becomes possessor of the knowledge of himself, he becomes master of his environment, the captain of his own ship, the director of his own destiny, the accomplisher of his own ends. Thanks for joining us, guys. Wavy. Wavy crack. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Barber, when you was growing up, did the young men have waves? You know, the hair waves. The they had comps. They had comps. They, 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 they had all kinds of yeah, They had comps. They just went at it with the, uh, with the lie. They had the perm, though. Yes. Fried and die. Why you asking me that question? This guy spends two hours a day brushing his hair. Two hours, like, not, okay. not figuratively, literally. Okay. You mean actually? You said actually. okay. <laughs> I've seen it all. We all get no the same place action, at the same time in this life. Is true. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? There you go. Everybody, um, yeah, people, yeah. you learn as you go along, you know? Like I said, when I was young, I didn't care about nothing. But going to, to the Palladium, going to, you know, to, to the pen relays and partying. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever been to the field, maybe once. I'm just you went, hang out. Yeah, just hang out. And it's good to have that time in your life where mm -hmm. you don't have those worries. And you're brushing it for you know, two my hours. Parents, yeah, you're brushing it. Uh, it's better than being out. Like, you're doing wrong. Well, what was the guy named Killer what? Killer what? Killer, Killer Joe. Joe. Killer Joe. Yeah. I knew a Killer Ben when Killer I was growing up. Oh, I wanted Killer Joe. And everybody around. would. I would see Harry Belafonte there, Sidney Poitier. They'd be dancing like everybody else. It was just a place that everybody hung out. And it was owned by some gangsters, so they, there was no food no around problems. in there. If you made some noise at the plane, they threw you down the steps. You went this, out there. on 14th Street? No, it was on 53rd Street. Yeah, so yeah that Palladium yeah, yeah, is by the dudes that did Studio 54. Ah, okay. Okay. But I think there should be a time yeah. in your life where you don't have to worry about anything. And that's a good time. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, you have, we didn't even realize how poor we were. Most of the people, like when I was coming up, most people had two parents. Most of my friends had both parents. And my, like I told people, my, my parents got along. We didn't have a whole bunch of, you know, argument and bickering and fighting in our house. Mm -hmm. They focused on us mm -hmm. yeah. or what they wanted you to do, what yeah, they wanted you to say, be. Say. How about today? <laughs> my, 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 things have changed. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't no nice times. <laughs> my father was a no nonsense person. He got ran out of that's, South Carolina by Lynch. That's pre integration, though, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, my father was run out of South Carolina by Lynch Mob because he did, he went in a store and there was a white lady there and. Uh, he said he was there first, and they called the sheriff on him, and he didn't run. He didn't leave. So when the sheriff got there, said to him, you want a stiff, and you ain't going to live too long. And so uh, he went home, and uh, my grandmother used to do laundry for the white people. One of them told her, Miss Ali, they come to get your boy, and she got him out of there. And he came to New York, and he lived on 59th Street. Uh, in, in a boarding house, 
he had come to uh, one of his half-sisters because my, my grandmother uh, was married to a Civil War veteran. And he had uh, children older than my grandmother. And so my, he had three children, uh, but his wife died. And my grandmother said she was living with some people. She never knew who her parents was. She lived with some people, and they were very mean to her. So I used to say, Mama, were they black? She said, yeah, they were black, but they were still mean. Mm -hmm. And so she said she wanted to get out of that situation. And when this older man came and asked her that she wanted to get married, she just said, why not? Let's go. Because I said, couldn't figure out why. My grandmother was born in 1870. And she came to live with us and because uh, my mother was sick, but she never went back home. So she, my grandmother died in 1962. And she used to tell us what it was like uh, living back then in the South. You know, it was very difficult for them. And she didn't have any education, so she married him and then he, he passed away. Um, we have his papers home. Uh, and her check said, unmarried widow or civil war veteran mm -hmm. because you couldn't get married again and get that check. Mm -hmm. So she had that little pension. But my father was a very uh, no-nonsense kind of man because he grew up, you know, almost having to raise himself. So he was very, uh, a person that didn't take nonsense and we knew that and we didn't mess with him either. Baldwin talked about that a lot. We did a, a Baldwin talk earlier this week. Yeah, and yeah, Wednesday, and that was one of the points that, that we had brought up. He, he talked about how his father basically had to be broken because that was the term, you know, back then. They said, oh, you were stiff nigga. So right. he, you know, we're going to have to break you, to which they did, and Tommy did. You know, we talk about that a lot amongst ourselves. We talk about elders like H, you know, plenty of other elders who, unfortunately, this place broke them. Like everybody doesn't get to remain strong to the end. Like, America's become exceedingly efficient at breaking strong black yeah. people. But you see now how they are spying on us. Mm -hmm. How they want to do your every move. Mm -hmm. I sent you that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I sent it to everybody. Don't think you're not being spied on. They want to know. They know they're in trouble. Because America is not the richest country in the world. America is a detonation. Mm -hmm. And so because they borrowed all this money from China and other places to fight their wars. And what they are mad about now is America changing colors. Time Magazine had a whole issue on what would it be like when whites are no longer majority in America. And they broke it down. What would the schools be like? What would the politics be like? And Obama tipped them off. When Obama became president, it really ignited them. And so what they are doing now is all this what they call voter suppression, gerrymandering, getting people on the Supreme Court. Mitch McConnell, they don't care how crazy Trump acts. They just let him go ahead and act crazy. That is their agenda. And I have this right here. Trump's judges imperil rights for decades. They are busy getting people on the federal circuit's courts and the courts of appeal. Yeah, they're gonna, he's going to stack the bench. Yeah, they're stacking the 40. bench. Because they want to set up a situation like South Africa. Okay, so you're the majority, but you have no power. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I think when, like you raise a good point about, you know, surveillance and the surveillance state. I think for a lot of people, 
especially younger people, but in general, anybody who's sort of in this time that we're in, in the times, they think of the past with COINTELPRO and Black Death. They think that's something from the past. Yeah. And if they were doing this then, when they didn't have the tools today where people are serving up the information, right. Right. what in the world do people think are, you know, being archived to chronicle the narratives of individual lives today? Right. But the assumption is that, well, that's stuff they did in the past. Yeah. You know? That's why I said that, that blasted. Mm -hmm. And I wanted people to send it to other people let them know. They're not only surveilling you, they're conditioning you to give them information. Even I, I give a lot of information. I go to Rite Aids, and you got to have these cards so they know what you, whatever you buy. And you really can't get the discounts in the sale prices if you don't have one of them cards. Mm -hmm. And they're doing that in the grocery stores and every place else. And so what they're doing now, they're destabilizing everybody. This gentrification is going on all over the United States. It's not just in Brooklyn. It is going on everywhere. It's going on in Hawaii where people don't have any place. Native Hawaiians can't stay in Hawaii. And so people are being destabilized every place they turn to. They cannot focus on what is really going on and what is going on. That's why they don't want uh, women to have abortions. They don't mean black women. They don't want white women to have abortions. They want, what did Trump say about these asshole countries? Mm -hmm. Send people here from Switzerland? What did that mean? And what are they are, as they destabilize these countries, people are running out of Honduras and Venezuela and all these places because they're being destabilized. Mm -hmm. Not because they want to come here mm -hmm. and stay here. You see how they sprayed them? They sprayed them. And calling them all these names, and they know people have been miseducated. They know that. I was showing Philip in this book. Well, white people have come here on slave ships. That's not a part of the history. That's not a part of American history, white slavery. And it was hard to get my hands on the book. And the first time I ever heard of it, Lerone Bennett wrote a book called The Shaping of Black America. And chapter three is about white slavery. And he talks about how that has been taken out of history books. He said, as a matter of fact, they were in the first leg of the journey of being brought here as slaves. And I bought the book called White Cargo. And it's on my, it's on my list here, White, The Forgotten History of Britain's White Slaves in America. Yeah. Well, originally, of course, that's, that's where the term comes from. You look at the etymologic root, right? You're talking about the Slavs. So, but, but let's get into some of these books that, that yeah, you got recommended. So before yeah. we do all of that, let's start. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, Today we have our favorite guest back. Where else is the Brooklyn Combine? Um, my name is Kenneth Montgomery. Who else do we have here? You have Jazz. Wave King. Uh, <laughs> Wavy Crockett. Wavy Crockett. <laughs> Brush his head a thousand times. For two hours. Two hours straight. <laughs> Phil is in the building. Uh, I send. We got Molly. And we have the uh, well-read, well-respected, well-lived scholar and um, just a, a wealth of information, mm -hmm. Dr. Barber, who we call Dr. Oh, yeah, Barber. We call Dr. Yeah, we Barber. Call that, let, we, let that, can we, can we have that? Can we call you that? You can call me <laughs> that. Yeah, that's, we, that's Dr. Barber. How you been? I'm the people's doctor. How have you been? I've been all right. I've been um, dealing with a lot of, we were just talking about the Trump administration. But I'm, uh, I think some of the things that are going on, you get normalized and you actually don't realize some of the um, 
things that are going on that are going to have long lasting effects. Um, there was a decision recently within the last two weeks by the Supreme Court concerning um, the death penalty in the Eighth Amendment and cruel and unusual punishment. And I, I actually represent, I have at this point, one, two, I have two death eligible cases that I'm involved with, federal death eligible. I don't think they will be authorized, but I have one that I just been born on, on the team that is authorized. And I played a part in a case where a, a gentleman got, got a life, a life plea in, in um, Ohio, but the Supreme Court just made a decision, a Supreme Court that's pretty much constructed by Trump, that the Eighth Amendment really has no, um, has no tooth anymore, it has no, no bite anymore. They're basically saying you can torture someone. Um, the, the issue was a young man who was sentenced to death, but he has a physical condition that with the uh, injection that they would give him, he would basically curdle on his own blood for an unusual amount of time. It's torturous, it's painful, and the Supreme Court ruled that that's okay. But uh, we were just talking in, in this, the legal system, we're seeing the effects of, of having someone uh, like him in office because these, these appointments, these federal appointments are going to last. You know, people forget federally appointed judges are a lifetime. So they, the only way you get them out is if they resign or they die. Or expire. And uh, their job is to maintain white supremacy. Right. And Supreme Court, too. Yeah. And this is what Mitch McConnell was so mad with these last two judges that he had a, uh, one man was accused of, of sexual harassment of mm -hmm. a woman. And Mitch McConnell went off. And it wasn't, he wanted this man confirmed. And they, listen, the Supreme Court decision was to. With the Japanese, that was Supreme Court yeah, decision. Yeah, that was a Supreme the Court. Japanese. Yep. In turn, put, yeah. put American citizens in jail. In jail and in camps. In camps, camps, really, right? In camps. Yes, that was the Supreme Court. Listen, Plessy uh, Ferguson. Ferguson was a Supreme Court decision. Roger Taney, there's nothing, and to me, that is the most important Supreme Court decision as it relates to black folk ever decided. Because what did it say? Black we have no, no rights that, that white man bound, bound to respect. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we've, you know, what America has done mm -hmm. is they've extended that to, like, I feel like black people in our experience here, we were used to make oppression efficient. So now you can do it to Mexicans, you can do it to Muslims, you can do it to anyone who you feel does not have a place in whiteness. Absolutely. And, and they've, they've done that with efficiency. And that was the first time in the world that it truly became a race issue. And it's mm -hmm. very, like, in a very clear, it's not up for question. This is a white nation, mm -hmm. and you all are being oppressed not because you may fall into a particular class. That's fine. But you not white. But you ain't white. That's right. You know what I'm saying? You are not white. And then, of course, it became a race to who gets to be white. And, you know.
classified as white to the book by uh, the, the Lopez, his name is something Lopez. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he talks about uh, white people not being considered mm -hmm. uh, as white certain people. But that's not the kind of history that they teach. No, they don't. And it's like Amos Wilson said, you know, how does a handful of people rule the rest? Through the falsification of history, history. Yeah, yeah. and the manipulation of time. Yeah. And I was just telling, uh, saying that, you know, that's a book to be reading for all black people. All black people. We should understand how we are so unconscious mm -hmm. of what is really going on around mm -hmm. us because you are inundated with this TV every night about how great America is. Yes, yeah. America is the greatest country in the world, only in America. Uh, could my story it's a be possible? It's a huge, huge propaganda. Machine. Yeah, propaganda. And, and it's so unfortunate. I think black people have bought into that propaganda. Oh, yeah. Well, because, you know, this society doesn't teach you analytical skills. No, it doesn't. It has a regurgitative kind of education where you memorize something and you mm -hmm. say it. Doesn't yeah. have to be mm -hmm. true, doesn't have to be yeah. valid, doesn't have to mean anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I was saying that no black man is going to run America. You can facilitate the system, yes, but you are not going to run America. Yeah, that that was yeah. my issue uh, with, and I I think I've probably ostracized a lot of people during that time. That was my issue with um. I, this young lady got mad at me. She called me a fool because mm -hmm. I said that if my any of my kids grew up and their dream was to want to become the American president, I would have failed. I would have failed. Yeah, and she was offended by that, and. You know, I, I'm I, Obama carried the water for white supremacy. This and, book you know, is a good book for her. You might want to recommend. The is? book is named "The Empire's New Clothes: Barack Obama in the Real World of Power." Wow. Okay, I don't even have that one. I'm gonna check. Uh, for my friend, a friend of mine, Henry, he's a very scholarly person. Mm -hmm. He's a writer. He writes for Workers World. He's been an educator, and uh, he he we're on the internet a lot. That's where you get a lot of information. He recommended the book to me. And I recommended it to people. So you know what they did? Made it to a textbook. Mm -hmm. I paid about $5 for the book. I bought it. Where can we find it? I bought it on Barnes & Noble. Barnes & Noble. Uh, a website it was $4 and some change. But now they've changed it to a textbook and they're trying to sell it for like 40 bucks. <laughs> but anyway, go on the net. Go to Barnes & Noble's. The Empire's New Clothes. Barack Obama in the real world. Right. I'm gonna get that. And they talk about that. what he did, yeah. what he did to Libya, what what he did, the invasions that he was in on, and he was. Uh, when you look at the intercept, East Africa, at the intercept journey, Scahill, mm -hmm. and they talk about like his. Him. Yeah, I like him. Too. Well, yeah, he seems to be one of the honest journalists. Right. Right now, when when Obama, what Obama 
uh, went in it with the, of this program with all these, uh, what do you call these planes? With the drone, the, the, the drone, drone program, the drone program. His role yeah. in the city. And the book shows you, Jeremy's book, I have his book, and it shows you how every Tuesday Obama would sit down and they would decide who were they going to, who were they going to kill, kill. Yeah. with these jets. Because the kill list. Yeah, the, kill list. the kill chain list. And, and, and that kill list, and what people don't understand is that, um, you know, civilians, women, yeah. children, yeah. People, innocent people died. That's why this, this guy mm -hmm. died, he dragging back here, trying to drag back here. Oh, uh, Julian Assange. Assange. But even one, even we don't, that, you know what, this, it boggles my mind how people don't talk about this. Is the Al Khwarizmi, and the the son and father, the father who was killed, yeah. American mm -hmm. citizen, right. by drone, and they denied it at first, and then the son is in Egypt mm -hmm. yeah. with his killed. cousins looking killed. for his dad, and he's yeah. sixteen years old, right. citizen, killed, and they Eric Holder yeah, so and them said, oh no, nah, that was you know, but you know what, but then, but then this guy, he part of that. Stuff that he released was showing actually yeah, the, the, who got killed. Who got killed. Yeah. This is why they're mad. Yeah. Who got killed? It's, it killed people in a wedding mm -hmm. party. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the wedding. That wedding. The, yeah. the, I have the book home that Jordan wrote with the chain. I got that one. But yeah. They killed people. But they're not going to bring that up. They're going to drag this man back nah, in. No, but you know what they're going to do with Obama? And this is why my problem was with us as a culture is black people. They're going to they create that ugly art and place him right in between Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and say this is what they died for. And even worse than that, even well, they're going to definitely do that. That's for sure. The same, well, I ain't going to get into that, but they're doing that right now with some other folks. But yeah. they're going to certainly do that and more. Yo, I've heard some of these Negroes who will sit around and actually speak like this. Well, you know, it's, it's a complicated world, you know, really... You know, he, he, you know he, he, it's only so much he can do. I mean, you, yeah, you, you, this, yeah, this went from this guy being this most brilliant, extraordinary mind to now he's simply a weak little... I mean, this man mm -hmm. did run for this position. This man is qualified. Maybe he's a human doing what is in his interest. And you know, and black people so misinformed. It was a recent, in, in the pop culture entertainment world, uh, there was a death of a rapper recently. I, I didn't know his music a lot. Nipsey Hustle. I never um, heard of him. But you know, I, I after I would see in interviews the bright kid um of Eritrean descent, um, he dies and Obama pens a letter to his family for the funeral. And it was just so funny to me because Obama uh was responsible for killing people yes. in East Africa. You, you, exactly. you, you hate like his people, kid. but you love him. <laughs> but how many people know that? No, I don't. They don't. That's why they don't care. Like, they're yeah. like, oh, he, yo, Nipsey made it. Yo, the President Obama. Yo, kid. Right. Yo. This the, right. Obama, this is the same fool. Mickey Mouse, this guy sits up there. And at one point, wasn't his favorite rapper like Jay-Z? Jay-Z. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, come on. But, but again, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to waste any energy yeah, on I'm getting this guy. But... Back to back to Dr. Amos Wilson. I was actually listening, ironically enough, yesterday. He was well, he wasn't delivering this yesterday, but I was listening yesterday. But he was making a point, of course, about needing, you know, those like if you're a drug dealer, you need people to be safe. You need them to need what you're trying to deliver. And in many ways, the brokenness of black and brown people, America, not even if America wanted to, it cannot afford. To help, it needs these people to be sick. America needs broken. It went from creating them to actually needing these types of broken people. So even if black and brown people getting their heads together could save America, theoretically, 
America can't afford it. it can't. Yeah. Well, I mean, any economic system like this no. is always going to need yes. lower class. When yeah. I was young, and I tell young people is, uh, all city hospitals were free. Mm -hmm. We lived in Bensonhurst, so we had Coney Island Hospital. If you were in New York, you had uh, Kings County. Mm -hmm. You go to the hospital, they didn't ask you anything but your name and address, and you could be treated. And if they had the pharmacy right in the hospital, mm -hmm. you could go downstairs, get your prescription filled. They, if they gave an appointment to come back, you could go get coffee to go home and come back. And the state, city, and federal pay for that. So when they say, we don't know how to give good health care in America, free health care, they most certainly do, because what they got now is very costly. And so I, I can remember I was telling my doctor, my mother got sick and uh, she went to Coney Island Hospital and they didn't know what was wrong with her because her blood kept disappearing and they would give her transfusions and the blood would disappear. So they told my mother, they said, well, you're going to have to go to John Hopkins in Maryland. And my mother said, I can't go to John Hopkins. I have four children home to take care of. And they said... These doctors from John Hopkins to Coney Island Hospital, and they found out what was wrong with her. There was some kind of uh, parasite that had entered her bloodstream, and they, they treated her. And she lived to be in her 60s, but she didn't have no bill. Wow. She didn't have the John Hopkins consulting wow. doctor's bill. There wow. was no bill. Because wow. we would still be paying it if there was a bill. <laughs> and that's why you have to, well, first off, yes, you're right about that. Yeah. <laughs> and what's nice, though, is to have elders around that can actually remember the time. Yeah. So you can't simply pass on a fabricator. Tell us, like, I was there. You can't tell me whatever I was there. And in America, here's, here's how the medical establishment works. You get sick. If you have to go to a nursing home, they take your house, they take your social security, they take your pension. So it's connected with taking your property. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the connect, connect. And people don't realize that. I, we didn't know that when my father got sick because my sister and I, we own a house on President Street. And so the, it was one of the social workers in the hospital, it was my sister, my father, and I, our names were on the deed. And, she said, take your father's name off that deed because if he has to go to a nursing home, they're going to come and get his share of the house. So we did that. We went home. My father took his name off and put it in my sister's. And he said, because you're going to get it anyway. And so that's what we did. And it's terrible because you can't even think about your loved ones at that time. Mm -hmm. You got to spend your time thinking about money. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. even now. And now, it used to be, it had to be taken off like three years. Mm -hmm. Now it's like it's five years. But the thing is, most people don't know that. Mm -hmm. So wait a minute. So wait so a minute. If he takes it off a year before he dies, they still get it's his still stuff. Wow. <laughs> it's still, yeah. I mean, and what's the legal precedent for that? That's just, that's they don't have no. Who made, where did that law come from? Yeah. We don't know who made the law, where it comes from. It just is. Right. Yeah. And that's the problem. And then we deal with it. And then we deal with it. We that, have to that, deal with it. Yo, but that, that describes our oh. existence. <laughs> no, yeah, that's the power dot. And then we like we almost Listen, dot dot dot, and then and we then deal we, with we it. We didn't know about staying your ground till Trayvon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We said what? You can stand your kill somebody. Kill somebody? Did not. 
Yeah. Suffer the consequences? Yeah. When my daughter was a was a baby, that used to be her rule. She's the only kid. So no matter what game you played with her, the ru- only rule was she wins. That that was the rule. And in many ways, that's the system that we're yeah. in. That's the rule. They win. They Not win. tomorrow. Well, at the end of all of that is violence. That's the thing. Well, so that's brute. Yeah, no, listen, the American, the American way is brute. Yeah. Mike makes right. Intelligence. Well, yeah. Mike makes right. People have to understand something. This is a crimogenic society. Mm, yeah. This is a criminal enterprise run by mm-hmm. criminals. I'm not going to say it. The original crime. The systematic extermination of the indigenous people. Yeah. How they got it is how they're going to keep, keep it. it. Yeah. How did they get it? Yeah. With the gun. And what Malcolm said, you don't take your case to the criminal, you take your criminal to court. That's right. This is the criminal. Like, you, did America committed the original criminal? Well, any philosophical... Yeah. There's no legitimacy. <laughs> There's no yeah. legitimacy. Yeah. Like Malcolm said, they don't do anything. Like I said, I'm 83, and the biggest blessing in being old is having stood there and listened to Malcolm X. That's what's up. And he said, he said listen... You deal with a cold, calculating international machine that is so corrupt in her motives and objectives that she has the seeds of her own destruction right within her. Yeah. He said they don't do nothing on the up and up. Every single thing they do is crooked like the election. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. this book will point out, all these elections are crooked. If you got to have millions of dollars to, to run, run for run office, for office. <laughs> what is that? It's who are you going to get? Well, listen, the Supreme Court made a ruling that there's a certain level of corruption that's allowed in politics. Okay. You know, they, they said it. It's a decision. Okay. You can read it. <laughs> they, yeah, well, they really rule that. Well, and, yeah. Well, who, who wrote it? Like I said. Well. People um, say, go by the Constitution. Who wrote the Constitution? Rich white men with property and power. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dr. Barber, what, what were you listening to at uh, Play? Any, yeah. any songs coming? Yeah. What kind of music? Who's your favorite oh. artist? Oh, uh, back then we had uh, Keep On Pushing. We had all these songs nice, that nice. we were... Uh, oh, that's uh, Curtis Mayfield and them, right? Uh, keep On Impression. Pushing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Impression. Yeah, people get ready and all this. Yeah. We had all these... Yeah. It was so cool. That's the music party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All these yeah. But that's songs. why they changed it. Yeah, that's yeah, why they changed yeah. it. Yeah. We had these romance songs. I Dream of You at Night. You know, all these <laughs> by the Orioles and... All yeah. these people love songs. And guys came to see it with big albums under their arms. I know they back then. You get sat down and they listen because, you know, listen, you couldn't have no... You heard of City Girls? No. And men would be lying back then the same way they lie now. They'd be singing all that stuff. Going That's the music. Yeah. But, it sound but the difference is, your parents had to know it was coming to see it. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? You couldn't meet nobody on the corner. Yeah. They had to, he had to come a couple come of times. Come, yeah. come upstairs. They had to meet your father. Maybe some courtship. Yeah, they had to ask him questions. Boy, who you praying? Who your folks? Where they come from? You know? I love it. Yeah, you go to church. What church you go to? They had to know something about you. You know what I mean? You didn't have no date rate. People knew who you was going yeah. out with. You know, we'll come see you later. Yeah. Everybody yeah. take full wrong. Yeah. Where you yeah. live. They had to know where you live. I mean, Phil, Dr. Barber, yeah. Phil is acting like a white person and telling me he's running out of time. No, no, no. So we're going to go to the next episode. Not the episode. But he, he, the episode he's a stick. The next song. Second. I know that, but you like, you like, Dr. Barber, you don't like yeah. the, just the information to come out. You like to couch it like a uh, colonist. It's cool. <laughs> I'm gonna do the next second. Keep on pushing. Keep on pushing. I've got to keep on pushing. Mm-hmm. I can't stop now. 
Honestly, for me to have this conversation with you, because it, it you can easily forget that black people have had there was a certain percentage of black people who knew what time it was always, mm-hmm. and and what bothers me sometimes is we're in this age of where the social evolution is being manifested through social media and technology, and you have these pop culture popular things that often come through the, the lens of entertainment and all of a sudden people are making these grand revelations. You know, black people always knew what time it was here. You had, you get some of these old books and, you know, authors like the Martin Delaney, but you look at what David Walker was writing about and Ida B. Wells, yeah, their writings were brilliant. And clear. Right. And clear. And if you saw that documentary on Channel 13 the other night about reconstruction. I heard about it. I missed it. You can go back and get it. I heard it's really good. Yeah, and it's, the second part is Tuesday. Okay, I'm going to check that and, out. And uh, they read it like all week. I was looking on television. They still have But you can always go to Channel 13 mm-hmm. and look it up. How not only during Reconstruction, we took all these authors. We were ready. We ready. were prepared. Yeah. These were mm-hmm. brilliant people. Writing. Like the things they were, the things that yeah. they were subscribing on culture and how we mm-hmm. should socialize amongst right. each other right. in America. You know, you had lawyers like William Patterson and Paul Robeson. But you, this history in this country for us, you know, it's almost like we've forgotten or we don't want to even look to the books or the education. I mean, by design. Well, you know what? I find books are very expensive now. Yeah, they are. And people, they don't want books. A lot of times they don't have room for the books. People are, a lot of young people, they can't even move out of their premise homes because they can't afford it. 
Mally, Mally made a very um, like poignant thing this week to me that really uh, left an incredible impression on me. He was saying how we're at this point for black people where our brokenness has come to such a high point that we are in a new level of poverty. And that new level of poverty is not so much to do with money, but it's the, it's the, it's the uh, bankruptcy of the mind and the ability to think critically and to be honest, though. Mm-hmm. And you look at social media and the, 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 the outrageousness of our ideas is so prevalent. And it's, it's through the music, it's through socialization, and it's at a point now where we're we're not thinking like you just said we're not we're not learning but we we are lacking the basic intellectual skills to figure out what this thing is now because people understand something what Malcolm said the price of freedom is death, death. yeah and these people don't want to die they don't want to die you don't want to die and so when you they see what has happened this young lady. Omar Elhan. Yes. I mean, she's not saying anything that's not right. No, she's a she's a, she's honestly for me, I feel like she's a truth sayer. But like they're she, coming after they're her. They're coming out. They're trying and to like they did to Cynthia McKinney. Yeah. They, they ostracized Cynthia. They what they did, she she was a congresswoman in South Carolina. South, South, one of those South, one of those states. And they she would not sign that uh pledge. To support Israel. Israel. Once, yeah, once that, so yeah, she impacting got, them, they yeah. got her out of here. She got the ill hand, Omar Ilhan, mm-hmm. and another young lady. Um, Cortez, uh, Te, Te, uh, Telah, um, Rosita Talib, and, um, uh, OAC. Yeah. They would not go to Israel on that free trip yeah. that they were offered. So they became people right away. They said, you, did you see Nancy Pelosi yeah. when they was talking to her about OAC? Yeah, she, she uh, marginalized him. Ran against this man, Connery, yeah. and he had been there 20 years, yeah. and she beat him. So when they said, ask Nancy Pelosi, she said, she's just one person. And just She was so annoyed. Yeah, because Pelosi represents, you know, Pelosi, Schumer, they're 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 of the ilk, they're the of the ilk of like a Trump kind of yeah, guy. They yeah, just yeah. happen to be on the liberal Democratic side. Well, they know what to say. They, they know, know how yeah. not to sound. But they are totally yeah. about the corporations. Yeah. you know that's it. You know? And they don't want any changes. No, they want the status quo. Yes, they are all millionaires. Yes, every last one of them, including Bernie. Yep. And they want the status quo. It has done well for them. Yeah. They mm-hmm. want it for their progeny. Yep. They mm-hmm. want it for their kids. None of these people in this scandal is going to jail. They nah, may pay right. money, which means nothing. I do federal them. work. I would be very surprised if any of those parents. They're not going to jail. jail. No, I don't see that happening. They're not going to jail. It was, inter- it was interesting hearing, like we make the point about black people and our ability to face and see ourselves. It was interesting at our talk the other day to hear how young people were speaking about themselves mm-hmm. using their own voice. Mm-hmm. But all of the words out of their mouths were from corporate America. Like, they actually defined themselves mm-hmm. in this way. It's a room full of all black people brand. who speak freely. They're using all this, like, brand speak. They're like, yeah, we are millennials. And I'm thinking, yeah. mm-hmm. some old white execs gave you that. This is how you personally define mm-hmm. yourself that's in right. this time. But see, but you hit it that's on the head. That, but that, that's, and it's what Dr. Barbara gives us the information even going that direction. These one of the sole goals as a black person in this planet 
should be to define yourself yes. and your life experience. Define yourself. Yes. And we are we're in a very interesting place in that people can't define. Now you know what's in it, and I, I gotta and I know people are gonna be mad about this. I'm gonna say it though. Um, that young man who died, to me, it was it really was a sad thing because I see that happen all the time. Mm-hmm. I see brilliant young black men die mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. And I see most of them, no one cares. Mm-hmm. They say nothing. Mm-hmm. But I've seen the venue of entertainment has allowed this young man to be celebrated. Mm-hmm. So I'm never n- not with someone celebrating they, who they think should be celebrated. But what was wild to me is watching the celebration of his life in that neighborhood, which is synonymous with gang. Mm-hmm. A basketball player donating his... Uh, his athletic skill set to get 20-20-20, which is a symbolic of the rolling 60s, mm-hmm. people crip walking. And it showed me how, wow, America put us in this wild place and we made we made shit out of ice cream, mm-hmm. or ice cream out of shit, mm-hmm. and survived whatever happened. And that's our celebration that this young man Everybody crip walking and throwing up the gang signs. Mm. It's all been commodified. It's all been commodified. And, and, and it's the point where people can't back our conversation. Yeah. I, and, and for me personally, it's uncomfortable for me. Because here's be. the thing. I, I, I've been in trouble before. I've done things that I'm embarrassed of and ashamed of that went against what my upbringing was. And I'm not passing judgment. But what I am saying is, that's not it for me. I know what I will pass judgment on. Well, I want to be very clear, be on the record, at least with this point. This has nothing to do with this young man. This has directly to do with certain individuals and how they will choose to express or condemn others. I, I grew up in a very religious environment, right? Got Muslims over here, Christians over here, so religiosity all over the bad one place. So I know what I'm looking at when I see this. I saw a young man, another young man, who I, I like. I rather like him, enjoy him. But he had a post on his page which I typically try to avoid this kind of stuff, but because I know him, I read it. And he basically was making a point that he said, yeah, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people online saying that there's a Nipsey in every community that needs to also be celebrated. Well, I say to that, no, there is no Nipsey. There's only one Nipsey. If you were doing work worthy of celebration, the masses would be celebrating you in this fashion. Wow. So stop this. I'm saying, wait, That's wait. crazy. It's so, bizarre. So this, it not, it's very bizarre. So this is tantamount to somebody trying to replace you with a Christ? I mean, yeah. this is this is the this is what we're talking about. But now? but the other what was it? Last night, Jermaine Dupree on his oh, yeah, Twitter he said, said he's Jesus Christ. He said Nipsey was Jesus was Jesus Christ. So even Jesus Christ wasn't Jesus Christ. <laughs> so this is what I mean when I talk about the level of madness, yes. Yes. and it's an incident. So when Kenny and I were speaking, that that was the point that emerged from that conversation. Is I feel that we're reaching a place where we cannot even afford to see ourselves. Yeah. You, you remember the guys growing up that would keep the fitted hats on a little too long because their hairline start reclining, mm-hmm. and it starts to stay on so long <laughs> that if they ever take it off, they won't recognize themselves. Mm-hmm. So you know what they do? They cover it up because they're scared. They cover it up. I think that for a lot of black people in America, at least in mass. If they ever have to look at themselves, they won't even recognize themselves. And that's why they can't even afford and, and, to stop. Yeah, and, and it's, it's crazy to me because are we really surprised? Or, or, like, shouldn't you wanting to take care of your community be the normal? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, well, yes. Yes. But we're talking as people, you know, above 40. 
messages that we got were completely different growing sure. up. You yeah, know what I'm sure. saying? I mean, to me, what you were talking about really speaks to what we were saying before about not being able to define ourselves. Mm-hmm. And all of that stuff, again, is from how we're uh, educated from the door. Yo, how about a movement? I participated in violence and the recipient of it, all that. How about a movement where black violence against black people should be gone? Yeah. I mean, and you start looking at that. So what's the what's the point of gang culture? Like you telling me, first of all, a lot of people like to say, "Yo, the gangs was there to fight the cops," or right? Nah, the gangs yeah. was there to fight each other. Yeah. First off, exactly. That's yeah. don't That's try to make it something here. that it, it, you it, had it, other elements there as well. Well, but yeah, this but is this, the primary. That was the primary. So my thing is, why are we so resistant in condemning dysfunction? We've because we've internalized the ideas of the oppressor. So, so Stockholm, remember, so remember, Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember, yeah. Doctor Barbara, any clear time period where you could say this time period, these few years or this decade was kind of a transition? No. No. When I was coming up, not we, the sixties. We had the Nits and the Stompers, the Green Avenue Tom Stompers, Tom and Tom all Tom. these people. What about the sixties? What about the sixties? Was the sixties a transformative time period? I don't, it was kind of transformative because you had a lot of stuff going on. And people, I was working with uh, Elumbe Brace. I don't know if you know who he is. Elumbe mm-hmm. Brace uh, with the uh, anti apartheid movement. Mm-hmm. I know from you. From, you from me? Yeah, well, Elumbe uh, was the guy, he worked uh, for Channel 7. And he worked with Gil Noble. He was there with Gil Noble. He was there before Gil Noble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He put, yeah, he got a his son, did, his son did some, his son got jammed up, didn't he? I love it. His son. No, uh, not that oh. I know. Okay. Uh, I think when he was young, maybe when he, when he was very young okay. or something like that. But Elumbe was a graphic artist. Matter of fact, I have a book, Elumbe. I knew about him long before. Uh, I'm going to show you that book too. I should have brought it with me. Uh, long before I met him personally, I was at a friend's house, and he had written a book called Color Us Colored, mm-hmm. in which he criticized, critiqued all of the major lead, leaders of that time in a comical way, all of them. Mm-hmm. And that's the book he, he critiqued Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. And what he said, he talked about, it was at the time that Malcolm and Elijah Muhammad was breaking up, mm-hmm. and he made a comment. He said that Malcolm is as articulate as Elijah is incoherent, mm. that he said, uh, who's going to speak for the nation? And he criticized all the earthy kit. Mm-hmm. He criticized all of them. And it was like, he said that Malcolm X got in touch with him. And that's how they met over that book mm. and became friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you say, what you just tapped on for me, Dr. Barber, is very important. Yeah. The ability to think Intelligently and critically, yeah. even critiquing yourself, yeah. and, and you reflecting yourself, and you evolving. You and, have to change. But you we are at to. a space now where, as a community, Black people seem incapable mm-hmm. of doing that. Well, that will most, tools. most of tools us are caught up in survival. Mm-hmm. How are we going to eat? How are we going to pay the rent? Or adulating over this fixture of entertainment and entertainers are people who have an iconic status and it's it's integrated with financial status and all these other things but it has nothing to do with freedom and truth and power and independence it's it's literally the mimicking and aping 
right. of white people. Yeah. And making money. Yes. Right. And making money. Yeah. You don't get paid. I remember all the other rappers, conscious rappers mm -hmm. that they used to have. Mm -hmm. They're all gone. There's a few of them around, but, yeah. but I know what you're but saying. You don't hear about yeah, it. Yeah, you don't hear about yeah, it. You don't, you don't hear, but you don't hear their music. You see, so they know what to do. They're at every turn. In order to keep this empire going, this criminal enterprise going, the criminals know just and what it, to and do. And it's not just rappers. It's yeah. not just street dudes. It's lawyers. I know lawyers oh, yeah. who got their degree and that license to dance with the devil. Dance with the devil. Matter of fact, and, and, and I saw this, something out of it. this European woman the other day, she was doing a critique of the criminal system, and she was talking about the system works on plea bargaining. Yes. People afraid to take a chance because you might get convicted. So they take a release. So yeah, they take, take, yeah, and then you got a record. Then you can't vote. Absolutely. And, and then I'm, you can't get a job. There was times you couldn't even get a barber's license. Certain licenses you couldn't even but, get if you had a criminal then, record. But can, can I ask, like, sure. at least it seems like in the 60s you had, you know, you had this evolution from the, from way back from Hubert Harrison and, and, and people like Dr. Clark and Dr. Ben and Dr. Sertema and, and like it is. And then you get to Malcolm and the Black Panther movement and then the BLA. And then you got things like Cointel Pro, and then you had the music which had hope and 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 was provocative but hopeful. And it seems as though there was a concerted effort by America to wipe that out. Because if you had that energy for at least four or five generations, yeah, well, you, you don't have I mean, the look, problems yeah. that you're look, dealing I mean, with Edna. today. J. Edna Hoover, I mean, a, a full-on career. Like mm -hmm. a full-on career of saying, I am going to put it on my back personally and use all of the power that's disposed mm -hmm. to me to prevent the rise of what was all of the black, black Messiah. Messiah. Yeah. yeah. Which, Which we believe in that, and that's what well, we... And we know, no, exactly. no, no. We, we, when I say we, I, I mean as a community, exactly people believe mean. in that because now you go on Instagram and that's now you had Obama in them pictures between Malcolm and Martin and now you got Nipsey in them pictures with... Dr. Clark and well, they're teaching us through visual so narratives. Visual, visual, and if you study the history of the visual narrative in America, it's very That's limited right. in scope.
Peace.